right, guys, today we get to talk to Bree Rankis, and we're going to be talking about listings, the team, etc., how you can function on a team, how you can grow within a team. Uh, Bree is a listing specialist on this team that's been going for 27 years, doing 250 plus transactions a year doing over $100 million in volume for what seems like 27 years in a row, which is absolutely insane to think about all the market cycles that have happened, all the things that have happened, and this team has been running strong for a very, very long time. Bree, thank you so much for coming on the show. Talk, Take us into the kind of the behind the scenes. You're a listing agent, right? Um, and my understanding from your team is that's all you do. You don't do buyers. You don't do anything else. Take us into what a day looks like in your life. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Matt. Super excited to be here. I love the name of your guys' podcast. I think that's awesome. That kind of is um, my goal. I'm chasing freedom to be financially free and um, just time-wise as well. So thanks again. Yeah. Um, yeah, so for our team, we have about 12 to 15 people on our team. Me, I'm a listing specialist, so I solely work with sellers. And I essentially will prospect for them, um, set appointments on my own, or if I get them from the ISA, our inside sales agents, we'll go out, meet with them, discuss our marketing, talk about the market, and then we come up with a price. Yeah. So you've got your prospecting efforts, you've got the team's ISA prospecting efforts, et cetera. Kind of take us into what does that look like? How many of your deals do you say comes from the team? How many comes from your own efforts? Um, yeah. So I want to say about... Uh, a little over 50%, 60% comes from our marketing and past clients, which is awesome. We have about 8,500, 8,700 past clients throughout the years. And then we do, uh, we do um, actively prospect. So our inside sales agents do a number of that. As far as what percentage comes from me, I'm not sure on, on those numbers. Yeah. And so like, just try to get a sense of the model. Like if, if you bring a deal to the team, is that, you know, you don't have to give me the numbers, the commission numbers, but is that similar to like when they provide a deal or are there different splits or? Yeah, different splits. Uh-huh. So it's higher, um, obviously, if I prospect it because I am generating that lead and I spent time being on the phone or door knocking, whatever that might look like. Yeah. So as far as your day, like, how many sellers are you talking to? How many sellers are you meeting with? Like, what does the day look like? So the perfect day to me would be four appointments back to back, um, if not five. Obviously, that doesn't happen every day. Um, as far as how many I talk to in a day, gosh, that could really vary. It just it depends on how many appointments I have that day. Um, our model is two, 10, 40. So two appointments a day, 10 appointments a week, 40 a, a month. That would be the perfect scenario. Obviously, it doesn't happen all the time. So if I do have two appointments that day, that would be great. That gives me a little bit of time to do follow-up and or um, lead generate. So I know it doesn't happen all the time, but like, I mean, if you're meeting with, say, one or two a day, how many listings does that equate to for you in a year? A year? Oh, my goodness. Um <laughs> Gosh, well, 21, I closed 107 homes. Um, how many listings did I take? I, I would have to kind of pull that up. Obviously, not every listing I take closes, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, last year, I closed 67 and a half listings. So I would say over 100 listings a year, somewhere in that ballpark. Yeah. So, I mean, you're taking a listing, a, like two to three listings a week, it sounds like. Yeah. Uh-huh. My goal is minimum 10 a month. I believe last month I took 12. 
Yeah. My best month was 19 in September of last year. So being a listing specialist on a team that has ISAs and, and all of these things, like, like how many hours do you have to work a day? So that's the beautiful part about real estate. It's totally up to you. I am kind of out of the norm. <laughs> I would prefer to work than do anything else. I just love what I do. It doesn't even feel like work to me. Some days I'll work from 8 to 9 p.m. So it's great. 8 a.m. to 9 p.m. It's crazy. Some other days it's a little bit lighter. I would say on average about six if I had to take a guess. Yeah. So, and as far as lead sources, because I mean, the sellers are, can be a little bit harder to lead generate for than buyers, typically speaking, um, or at least yes. that's the sentiment that I hear as far as what it costs and the amount of effort it takes. What lead sources are you guys finding a lot of your sellers from? Is it expires for sell by owners, uh, obviously past clients? Yeah. Yeah. All the above. Um, we do a lot of mail outs as well. About 8,000 a year, just listed, just sold things like that. Sign calls. Uh, referrals. Um, it's great when we get a past client referral who are kind of our raving fans. Yeah. What, what do you see as far as, you know, converting the percentage from listing appointments to listing signed? Is that, do you guys, is that something that you guys track? We do track that. And ours is a little bit lower than what people would think is good and that's because we have such a great, powerful listing presentation, and we can essentially educate and um, inform these sellers on why it's good to sell now. So yes, ours might be a little bit lower. Our philosophy is we want to go on every single appointment, whether they list that day. We have a really good follow-up system. We're a well-oiled machine, so we can essentially follow up with them. And I've listed people that I've been following up with for two years um, and, and it's great. We're able to help them out. And you can do that because you're focusing just on sellers, right? I mean, like if you were working all the different things yourself as a solo agent, it'd be really hard to go on a seller appointment, spend an hour or two and know that they're still one to two years out. But given your focus is just on sellers, it allows you to have and build those relationships. Right, right. Exactly. So I don't know if you're familiar with the MREA book by Gary Keller, Millionaire Real Estate Agent book. Yeah. So my parents, Rick and Terry Brinkus, they actually um, were one of the first 12 agents that helped form KW way back in the day. And they are in that book. And their model essentially is that blueprint. So if anyone was curious of um, more in detail what that looks like, they can refer to that book. And how we view it is it's kind of like a restaurant. You would probably, if you went to the restaurant, you'd probably be really concerned if the chef was greeting you and then seating you and he has to go flip burgers for table number 12. You haven't even gotten your drink order in yet. No water, right? So we're really able to focus on that one thing that we are really, really good at, it, at and get really, really good at it. So um, just focus on that one thing. Yeah. So... Tell us about the journey. Like what had to change for you to become, you know, a very good listing agent? Did you have to learn specific skills? Did you have to become a slightly different version of yourself? Like, like the natural Brie versus the Brie now, is there, what difference is there? Yeah, totally a mindset shift. Uh, that, that is a great question. It was obviously not easy when I first started. How our team is set up is my parents' philosophy is 
they've been doing this for the past however many years, 30 plus, 35 plus years. So they don't want to just essentially give these clients, uh, past clients away or the calls, call, in, call ins away to new agents joining the team. So essentially you have to work for that. So if you're a buyer agent or listing agent, you have to get five on your own. And for listing agents, you have to get five for sale by owners. So because I'm my parents' daughter, they said, Brie, you have to get 10. So I was going on these for sale by owner appointments that I would prospect, right? Because I wasn't privileged to get it from the ISA yet. And I got kicked out of 20 people's homes. Um, I was doing the presentation, trying what I thought was asking questions, being inquisitive, and I just wasn't resonating with them. So I call my coach at the time. And I'm bawling my eyes out. I'm like, I just got kicked out of 20 people's homes. Real estate's not for me. This is terrible. I suck. I should go be an accountant because that's what my uh, degree is in. And all of a sudden, I get a notification on my phone. uh, Leave now. You are X minutes away, whatever it was, 15 minutes away from your uh, last appointment of the day. And I go, I'm all the way in Egypt on the other side of town from where I live. I might as well just go on this appointment. It's right here. Uh, This is the last appointment I'm ever going to do, and I'm getting out of real estate. I was dead set sold on doing that. So my coach said, okay, well, good luck, and um, just keep doing what you're doing, and just don't be attached to the outcome. And I'm like, don't be attached to the outcome. Yes, I've always heard that. So when I pull up to the house, I said, I'm not going to be attached to the outcome. I don't care what happens. I'm not going to be focused on getting the listing. I'm just going to go in, talk to the seller and leave. So I go in and I walk around, beautiful home, everything, sit down at the table. Um, About an hour later, we're signing. So it it, it was awesome. Yeah. And when I when I leave the house, I call my coach at the time and I'm crying tears of joy at this point, just super excited to get my first listing. And she said, Brie, God wants you to be in real estate. So it was just a a really awesome moment. Everyone who listens to our show knows Tim and I are passionate about obtaining financial freedom through real estate investing. We also know that everyone's situations and goals are different. And while there are programs out there that show you a path to financial freedom, many of these programs are just too cookie cutter and don't take your personality, situation, and desired outcome into account. Think about the number of times that you've watched a guru online and tried to do the exact same thing as they did, but had nowhere near the same results. You are not alone. When I got started, I was continually paying for courses and getting only partial results until I discovered the path that made sense for me. The results prove this out. Most online course creators have let us in on their dirty secrets that 90 to 95% of their students never complete their course and achieve their desired outcome. This is not something that we're okay with. The benefit of working with Tim and I is that we are interviewing between 5 and 20 people every single week. We have accumulated hundreds of seven-figure strategies and gotten inside scoop from these successful entrepreneurs. We're able to work with you to pick the strategy that will best fit and then help you create the custom plan to take you quickly into financial freedom. As a former math teacher, I always taught my students that the fastest way between two points is a straight line. If you want to get rid of the many curves in the road that can make the journey longer and more costly, then go to coaching.freedomchaserspodcast.com and book a call with us. And let's get you on a straight line path to freedom. So that obviously, you get the monkey off your back, you gain some confidence. What did it look like from there? 
yeah, from there, I wasn't trying to, um, how do I put this, jam listing with an agent down the seller's throat because obviously for sale by owners think they can do it on their own. They're saving on the commission, et cetera, et cetera. And just by remaining calm and asking more questions, right. Being, um, more inquisitive, I was able to help them and show them how we can net them several thousands of dollars more by not only using an agent, um, but by using us. So what is your guys's current process for, for sale by owners? Do you guys do all calls? Do you do text? Do you do a combination? Like what's the, the outreach look like? Yeah, both. It really just depends. Obviously a call is better because there's emotion involved, tone, everything like that versus texting can be very dry sometimes and uh, misunderstanding. So if they won't answer the phone and we can't get a hold of them, yes, we will text them and essentially um, schedule an appointment so we can get in front of them. If they are just non-responsive and won't even text us back, I have door knocked a few for sale by owners and gotten listings from doing that. And so Talk to me about the strategy. So there's some people that call and they, they pretend like they're a buyer. There's some people that call and offer to do an open house. There's some people that call and just are very direct and, and go for the listing. What What is your guys' methodology for how to approach a conversation with yeah, so, sellers? Yeah, our methodology is um, our team, we're working with about five to six buyer specialists. And our team as a whole are working with about 120, 150 buyers. So we call the seller and say, hey, I noticed you're for sale by owner. They say yes. And um, basically say, hey, our team's working with over 100 buyers. Is it okay if we come out, uh, take a look at it, take some notes and see if it would work for one of them? And hopefully they say yes at that point. If they say no, um, then we just kind of say, well, help me understand. I mean, you do want to get the home sold, right? Yeah, we do. Okay, great. So it would just take us about 10, 15 minutes, do a quick walkthrough and see if it would work for one of them that we had in mind. Yeah. And, and there's a legitimacy behind that, right? Cause not only, um, because you have five to six people that are solely fixated on buyers, you got a track record, et cetera. How much, how, how deep do they dig with you to prove that out before they let you come? Um, not really too much. I would say it's more with expireds because they are give, getting more calls and their homes no longer on the market versus a for sale by owner. They're raising their hand saying, Hey, I, I want to sell, bring me buyers. Yeah. So, so surprisingly, I mean, we haven't really come up to that as far as proving it. I, it, if they were to ask to prove it, I would send our credentials and say, Hey, this is our team. We've been doing this for the past 30 plus years. You can kind of look us up and see the amount of closings that we have. If they, didn't trust us or anything in that regard. Nice. And so I have been on a part of like building some teams where we've done for sale by owners across a few different states. And what I noticed maybe about six months or a year ago is, is the areas that we served, the amount of for sale by owners on the market dropped like 70 to 90%. Uh, have you guys noticed a drop in, in for sale by owner volume or, or how has it been for you guys? Yeah, you know, I have noticed a drop this year. It's really interesting because there was a surplus for the past three years, if not more. And um, because the market was just a straight line up, right? Uh, anyone could really sell. You didn't have to have a skill. So 
a for sale by owners philosophy makes more sense. I I'm not sure why they are decreasing. I'm not sure if it has to do with the interest rates um, or people that did buy a home way back then, three years ago, where the interest rate was two, three percent or saying, hey, I just can't afford to sell my home because interest rates are close to seven. So that might have something to do with it as well. Uh, yeah, I, I have noticed that. Yeah, I was talking to a gal on, a, on an episode, I think a couple of weeks ago, and she's talking about this market's like the great stalemate. You know, because it's like buyers aren't really wanting to buy that much and there's really sellers aren't really wanting to sell. It's like nobody's really wanting to do much of anything. Um, we've seen at the brokerage I'm at, there's like six or 700 agents. There's like a, almost a 70% reduction in volume happening. I know you guys are still rocking and rolling, which obviously indicates you found other sources, right, of, of business. So on the seller side, what are you guys having to do differently to account for kind of the, this less activity out there? Yes. Great question. So we referred to the shift book by Gary Keller, and it talks about when markets go through a shift, hence the title. (laughs) And um, it's really about pricing it right. So pretty and below comps sell very quickly. And it's really funny. Uh, Vegas as a whole right now, inventory is relatively low. Average for us is around 6,500. We're close to about four, give or take. So when you hyper-focus in certain neighborhoods, it's crazy because there's like seven available, which obviously high inventory decreases the price. And then other areas, I mean, I just listed one on Thursday or Wednesday of last week, 550, and it's already in in escrow as of yesterday. So, and there was only one available in that um, community area. So I'm sorry, what was the question again? (laughs) Yeah. So, so I'm curious, like as less people are wanting to sell, let's say, like, how does that change? Does that change your lead sources? Do you need more lead sources to get the same volume or how does client acquisition look in a market where less people are, are transacting? Yeah. So it comes down to skill. We are now in a skill-based market. You can't just list the home and expect 20 offers on it. So it's really just educating the sellers on why they need to hire a skilled agent with extensive aggressive marketing and a large team to get the job done versus maybe just one agent that only sold four homes last year, um, only has four past clients. And as far as lead source, it's just uh, getting on the phone or doing more door knocking, open houses, kind of all of the above and not just being passive. And we don't do social media too much. I know that's kind of the talk of the day. And to us, it's just a little bit more passive. We will do some posts and whatnot, but you have to wait for them to call into you versus going out in the trenches and finding the motivated. Yeah, you're a prospecting. I mean, I think an MREA talks about prospecting-based marketing enhanced. It sounds like that's kind of where you guys are as well. Yes. Okay. Yes, exactly. So... What do you, I mean, like you guys obviously have a very tight pulse on the market, at least there in in Nevada. Like what, um, what do you guys project is happening over the next six to 12 months? Yeah, great question. We don't have a crystal ball. We don't know what's going to happen with interest rates going up. It's crazy that it's still a pretty hot seller's market. Um, Again, that one that I shared that just went in escrow in four days, three days, whatever it was. And um, we don't, know where it's going. I wish we could tell. 
Um, all we know is now today, it's a great time to sell and buy. And the reasons that I shared as far as selling, it's relatively a hot market, low inventory. And then as far as buying, we don't know what's going to happen to interest rates. The media and the Fed states that they are going to do another uh, increase before the end of the year. Who knows what will happen? I know they just raised it about, what, three weeks ago now. So all we know is let's lock in today versus waiting until the unknown. 100%. So being on a team, you focus on sellers, but you also, there's a negotiator, right? So can you kind of talk to me about where your role starts and stops? So obviously you're prospecting, you're going on listing appointments, you're signing listings. What does your role look like after a listing is signed? So after the listing is signed, our listing manager will essentially be their main point of contact. And she, Letty, she's been with us over 12 years. She sits in the office every day, writes up counter offers for our sellers, ensuring they get that top price. And we call her our master negotiator. She's awesome. And sometimes I've gotten, oh, well, I like you, Brie. I, I hired you. And I say, yes. Um, I'm still going to be here. It's just I'm going to be meeting with other seller, sellers such as yourself, and I might not be able to get back to you as quickly because I'll be driving in a meeting, whereas Letty, her main goal is to sit in the office, and when you call in, she's able to pull up your file immediately. So my parents created this team concept to really provide the best, absolute best level of service to our clients. Awesome. So literally you are out at the signing of the listing for the most part. For the most part. Yeah. I might need to touch base, um, help do a price improvement, a couple weeks, months down the road, whatever it might be. Um, and, or the seller might want my opinion as far as the offer and Hey, what do you recommend? And I really do my best to just pan it back to Letty. Again, this is her specialty, what she focuses on. Me, it um, comes down to really just pricing and um, explaining our team concept. What, what is the future for Brie? Like, you just plan to like 5X or 3X your, your listing volume? Like, where do you see yourself in the future? Gosh, it is so hard to say. I definitely want to do an expansion team to other cities and states across the country. As far as right now, I still am relatively a new agent, um, despite my track record. I started in 2019, so I still am just kind of getting my feet wet, um, even though I have had success, success, right? Um, where, where does that go? I'm not sure if I'm going to take over the team. It's it's really unknown. Uh, a long-term goal of mine is to do expansions. So, yeah, um, expansion is an interesting thing. Like, have have has your parents tried expansion yet at this point, or has it just they have good? not? Which is very surprising to me. I'm not sure why. <laughs> Twenty-seven years focused on one team, which is pretty remarkable. Obviously, it's it's obvious why they've been successful because they put all of that into one team. So. Um, like obviously you talk about like 250 transactions a year for 27 straight years. Like, can you give us an idea of maybe what like the, one of the best years has looked like and one of maybe one of the worst, like, was it 2008 that, that like how much difference is there year over year for their business, like high end, low end? So as far as 08, I was not licensed at that time. I know it was really, really hard for them and they still will, were doing 250 average ish homes, 
Uh, it was mostly REOs, foreclosures, essentially stuff like that. I would say our best year was in 21 um, when I was on the team. No, I'm just yeah, kidding. Right. <laughs> right? Um, it was honestly an awesome year. And my father was saying he has never seen such a hot market in his career than that that year. So 2021, I would say um, around then. And then obviously it's not as hot as it was then. If I were to guess, yeah, our, our worst year was 07, 08, somewhere yeah. around there. What is your What is your vision for your life and business next 12 to 18 months? Keep doing what I'm doing. Um, hopefully find a partner, a spouse soon and start a family. That is my goal as far as why I am working so hard now. I'm single and I don't really have any obligations, no kids, right? So I'm able to work until 8, 9 o'clock at night which is great. So hopefully I'll be able to pull back on the gas once I do meet that, um, that soulmate. Yeah. Awesome. And right. And, and until then you're just building some financial freedom and what, what is, what does freedom look like for you? So freedom to me is being able to do what you want when you want and not have to worry about pretty much anything. Awesome. Bree, thanks so much for coming on and sharing about your life and your business. For those of you out there listening, write down something you learned. Maybe it's just the fact that you can build a real team or be on a team. Um, I actually think this is not something that's talked about enough. You could be a highly skilled, highly energetic, talented person and could benefit from being on a team. We've interviewed several people on this podcast that have making deep into the six figures, maybe even seven figures on a team. So if you're not on a team or maybe you're thinking about starting a team, that might be the way to go. Write down something you learned from today's episode. Share it with somebody you know so they can hold you accountable because freedom is acquired one action at a time. And if you take steps day by day before you know it, you too will be living a life of freedom. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next episode. Please like, comment, share, and subscribe. Engagement is like gold to us. We can't do what we're doing without it. Reviews and subscriptions, particularly on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, are worth more than money. So please do what you can to support the show. 